This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. A brand new, fresh podcast on the 76ers Podcast Network is coming your way in just a moment. But first, I've got an important question for you. Have you ever heard of something called Ninja versus Unicorn? What about Death by Glitter? No? Well, if you have heard of those things, you, probably like myself, are a pretty big fan of craft beer. They happen to be a couple of outstanding IPAs that are either currently on tap or are waiting on deck at the Beer Garden in Parks Casino. Not into craft beer? Well, that is totally fine. Because the Beer Garden also has the classics. Bud Light, Yingling, it's got Victory, Goose Island, Stella, local, domestic, anywhere on the planet. There's an outstanding beer selection waiting for you at the Beer Garden in Parks Casino. What could this possibly have to do with the 76ers podcast? Well, on March 24th, it is the next 76ers night at the Beer Garden in Parks Casino. You get to cheer on the 76ers, hang out with 76ers entertainment team members, and what is perhaps arguably the most important detail of all, you get one complimentary drink and light appetizers on the house from the great people at Parks Casino. If I weren't working that night, I would most definitely be there, but working is what I will be doing. Instead, you should get there. March 24th, Parks Casino at the Beer Garden, for the next 76ers night. Should be an awesome time. Now, it's time for the pod. The 76ers are off to California, but not before getting another win at home. Milton, three ball is up and good! Shake Milton knocks it out! Harrison Milton back-to-back threes, ball game! A lot happened this past week, and we'll recap it all with Lauren Rosen on this episode of The Broadcast. How you doing out there, 76ers pod people? Plenty to review from our previous meeting right here on the broadcast. From career highs to injuries to a bounce-back win and a cross-country flight, 76ers, no shortage of news surrounding the team. We'll break it all down with my colleague, the great Lauren Rosen, in just a matter of moments. But a reminder that to subscribe to our podcast, all you got to do is head to anywhere you get your pods, type in 76ers Podcast or Sixers Podcast Network, and that will take you to our feed where we encourage you, certainly, to subscribe or follow along. Also want to put this out there, we have a new podcast series in our 76ers Podcast Network stable. Very excited about it. Thought the first episode was awesome. The 76ers Gaming Club Podcast. 
hosted by head coach Jeff Terrell and Alexander Stees Bernstein, one of the players on the team. Awesome conversations about the team, the league, Chick-fil-A banter, some other stuff. So search 76ers GC on your favorite podcasting platform and check those guys out on the 76ers Gaming Club podcast. All right, as the 76ers head west, they will do so buoyed by a needed home victory on Thursday against Atlantic Division rival, the New York Knicks. We bring in now Lauren Rosen, who it is awesome and a lot of fun to team up with in covering the squad for all of our digital and social platforms. Lauren, certainly a busy, busy news week, to say the least, if we shall review. Saturday in Milwaukee, Ben Simmons leaves early in the first quarter with a back injury. Then Monday, a new high, literally and emotionally, as Joel Embiid goes crazy for 49 points. Wednesday, Embiid was then forced to leave the game against the Cavaliers early at the end of the first quarter due to a left shoulder sprain. And finally, on Thursday, you get the victory over the Knicks and also news that Joel is going to be reevaluated in a week, which, all things considered, is pretty encouraging. But that's a lot. A lot to wrap your head around. There was a lot that happened this week. Ebbs and flows... Highs and lows. I think, luckily, uh, Thursday night was a bit of a highlight. Loved to see a lot of guys that may not always be the prime performers really stepping in and stepping up in a big way. Uh, And it felt like a good way or the best way we could have to set out on a difficult road trip. Yes, especially one that starts against two really challenging opponents in the L.A. Clippers on Sunday afternoon, and then LeBron and the Lakers on Tuesday. Lakers, as of the recording of this pod, number one in the West. Clippers, six and a half games behind them for third place. So a really difficult start indeed. You would figure to the road trip. And I think there is something to that. Bouncing back quick after a tough loss in Cleveland on Wednesday night, you were there for that game, and then quickly putting that in the rear view. And there were certainly guys who stepped up who may not be in prime roles all the time. But then Tobias and Al were excellent, and they needed to have a strong showing. And I think we don't give enough credit to Tobias for a lot of things, but I think specifically his ability to take over a game is something that, obviously when you play on a team with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, those opportunities might not always be there, but it felt like from the opening tip, Tobias was a man on a mission, 14 points in the first quarter alone, and just had this... Coach Brown always talks about maniacal competitiveness, and that was those were the words that I was thinking of while watching him in that first quarter because you could tell after Cleveland that none of them were happy with what had gone down, um, and they were able to quickly take that and channel that and turn it into a much better performance less than 24 hours later. It was interesting. I think the first question of the press conference that Brett got before Thursday's game against the Knicks was something to the effect of, Do you feel like it's necessary to sit down with Tobias and with Al and talk to them coming off of a game like Wednesday? And Brett said, second game of back-to-back, haven't had a chance to speak with them yet, but I will talk with the team. We didn't know the details necessarily of what happened after that. But the other part of it is, is like, I don't even know if it's necessary that he would have had to have had a talk with guys like Tobias and Al who have been around forever because the way that Tobias in particular came out and started that game against New York, I was like, listen, you you don't need to tell me what I already know. I'm just going to go out there and try and take care of business, essentially. He just gets it. He knows He knows that, A, he's under a bit of pressure, a lot of scrutiny given his role, but he's responding to it in just a very mature, 
again, to, to quote Brett Brown once again, he's very prideful. And you could tell that this game and performing well really meant something to him. And he was able to go out there and put his money where his mouth is and do everything that we needed him to do um, at a very high level. And I think Tobias is the next person that people will look to now that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are going to be out for at least a week together. We know that Ben's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. And uh, listen, I think that Tobias is always realistic about this being a team that is going to be driven by Ben and Joel. A few weeks ago, he said something to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing, we're going to go as far as those two take us. But now this is a situation in which the circumstances demand that he probably take on more. And I don't think that he's afraid of that. Like, he certainly has leadership DNA in him. And to, in addition to talking the talk to come out and produce the way he did, I think underscores that. For sure. And if I'm not mistaken, this trip to L.A. will be his first time revisiting the Clippers since Correct. he joined the Sixers. Last time we played the Clippers, obviously we were fully loaded, had – all of our guys available, uh, but we I remember Tobias having a similar like level of conviction in that game. Um, ended up with 17 points, 12 rebounds, played aggressively, uh, and you have to imagine that obviously playing on the road is a challenge, playing without two All-Stars is a challenge, but for him, I think we might be able to see that same kind of energy that he's brought last night and the last or on Thursday night and the last time we played the Clippers on Sunday, and, and hopefully we can gain as much ground as we can uh, on that visit. Al Horford, we know that he's had a lot to adjust to this season. Thursday's game to me was vintage Al Horford. 15 points, 9 assists, that was a season high. 7 rebounds, flirting with a triple-double. Offense was able to go through him a little bit more. He was able to, quote-unquote, quarterback the gym a little bit more, playing full-time in the 5 spot. And for me, that's something that I'm looking forward to seeing for however long Joel Embiid is out for. What type of rhythm can Al get into perhaps playing at a spot that he's more familiar with? Now, long term, you're going to have to figure things out when Joel gets back. But at least for the short term, listen, here's a guy who has a very strong track record who can fill in for you. And I think that Thursday was a good sign to see him possibly get going in the right direction. Absolutely. I mean, silver linings are going to be few and far to come by when you talk about being down your two best players. But it does feel like with this West Coast road trip, for guys like Tobias and Al who will fit in in a very big way when the playoffs come around, this these are valuable opportunities for them to get more minutes, to really, not necessarily more minutes, but to have a higher usage during those minutes um, and really figure themselves out a little bit, having the ball in their hands a little more, quarterbacking the gym a little more. Uh, it, it seems like maybe that's the small silver lining here is that those guys are going to have an opportunity to shine and get comfortable before the playoffs roll around. I was kind of surprised by this. I was, as it seemed more and more likely that Horford might have a shot at a triple-double in the next game. I looked up, thanks to the exceptional basketball reference player index tool, how many triple-doubles Horford's had in his career. I was a little bit surprised that he only has two. Is that true? It is a true statement if I'm remembering what the results were of that query. I would have thought probably six, seven. Yeah, you have to think. I mean, and last night he did it rather effortlessly. Yeah. I was was hoping that he would get there, but obviously that's not necessarily the priority. Um, He, it was a very balanced performance and maybe we'll see his third triple double in the next couple of weeks. Ben, I think, you, you know when Ben is, is on the verge of one. Like, 
and there's just some guys who are like this. There's a loudness to Ben's game, whereas, as you put it, Al, perhaps some more subtleties. You know, you look up at the scoreboard and you're like, oh, he's he's got like eight assists and you know six boards and you know, his double figure scoring. Huh? It was sneaky. Yeah. They did get. They took away a rebound at one point because he was closer to it than he ended up. That he had eight boards midway through the second half, and then I guess they gave it to somebody else and. It's okay. He was close. He was flirting with a triple-double, like you said, and that's always something to celebrate. That would have been a bummer for the triple-double to have been registered on the scoreboard only to have been taken away. Sure. Well, here we are. It was good to see, though, from Al Horford and Tobias Harris alike. I'm going to get to Shake Milton, but I want to keep in line of the theme of what will happen on the front line without Joel Embiid for at least the next week. There's obviously Norval Pell. He's been out sick the last couple of games. Seemed like before the Knicks game, he was available, but still maybe not quite the energetic Norvell that we're used to having around. Kyle O'Quinn, love seeing it. It's awesome. Like he is a, and you're around, you know, he is a super dude, big part of the spirit of the team. And I'm happy for him now that he's been able to get out on the court and produce. And he's come up in conversation a few times, even before these two games where He's been referred to by other players or by his coach as just the ultimate locker room guy that really is always supporting his teammates there for support, for a good laugh, just just a generally lovely person to be around. And so to see him have this opportunity to produce at a pretty high level pretty quickly. I mean, he had 10 rebounds last night, which is nothing to look away from. That's incredible. Um, I think it's been great to see how much work he's put in on his own. As Coach Brown said after both games, that he's always in the gym, always running drills, even if it's by himself, just to make sure his body is ready for opportunities like this. And in a back-to-back, like when you haven't been playing NBA minutes for multiple weeks at a time, and then you have to come into a back-to-back that's a home and road back-to-back, like that's a lot of stamina that he had to keep up and then was able to show off all that work he's put in, and it's just something that's really nice to see. He hadn't played more than 10 minutes in a game, talking about O'Quinn, since January 17th against the Bulls. He'd only played in two games in between then and the Cleveland game on Wednesday. It was incredible. I mean, I know the Sixers lost the game, but in less than 12 minutes, he had four block shots. <laughs> and it was it was energy. I mean, Again, obviously they lost the game, but they did bring energy in the second half, I think as they were just adjusting to, obviously they came into that game thinking they were going to have Joel and thinking they were going to run the offense through Joel. And I think naturally were a little bit unsure about how to move forward without him. But Kyle came in, he brought energy, he sort of helped uh, turn that game around when they made the run and closed the lead as much as they did. Uh, I just thought there there was a lot to admire about the way he performed both nights. We're a big fan of Kyle O'Quinn in terms of 76ers content. Always gracious with the arrival and departure shots. Always. Maybe doffs the O'Quinn cap. Yeah, I Does mean. a little something humorous. Just a lovely person to have around, and it's it's really nice to get to see him do. I mean, as we all, we all want to succeed in our careers, we all want to feel used and uh, feel like we're doing a good job with what we do. So it's great to see him get to do that because obviously playing basketball is probably more important to him than those lovely content moments. Okay, let us now go to another really positive topic, and that's Shake Milton. Young Shake has been presented with an opportunity, and he has seized it. Absolutely. Order. I mean, 
again, it's awful to have your all-stars out. It's awful to not have Ben Simmons. But to see a guy like Shake, who, sort of like Kyle, hasn't gotten, at least hasn't gotten consistent minutes all season, uh, step in, in a back-to-back, and be super productive both nights and just... The thing is with Shake, have you ever seen him rattled at all? No, not really. There was it's funny. So he started the Lakers game, which was the big Saturday primetime game at the center a few weeks back. And that that's a big spot to be in. You know, you've got the jump on court before the game, everyone's watching, you're the biggest game in town, and I'm like, Ah, oh, start against the Lakers. I mean, that could be um, an interesting spot to be in. I mean, he really hadn't played since before Thanksgiving uh, at that stage of the year, and he didn't start. And I was like, eh, I kind of wonder how this is going to go for Shake. And I think he might have committed a turnover within the first minute or two, but after that, he was off and sailing. And to your point, no, he does not seem phased, seems totally ready. And I think this even goes back to last season as well, that when he was called upon, good things happened when he was out on the court. And to your point about Ben Simmons, no, no one wants him out. But even if it weren't going to happen immediately, I think we are seeing some immediate results, this is going to help Shake Milton down the road, being able to get this extensive amount of run. And his stock has absolutely risen. I mean, you heard Coach Brown talk about him after the game, about how how can you not go with Shake, at least for now, um, considering what he's done, especially from deep. He took, I believe, 11 threes in the back-to-back and made nine of them. I mean – obviously numbers even out eventually but for now he's the hot hand and and it really felt like I mean last night he literally did not he could not miss from deep and had an incredible game uh so I think it's just again great to see guys that stay ready stay motivated um get out there and get rewarded um at a high level 39 points in the back-to-back between Cleveland and the Knicks and nine for 11 from three he rebounds well he can make good decisions with the ball in his hands, which goes back to the development plan the team had in place for him last year when he was a two-way player with the Bluecoats. And has improved on defense, which is something that has been brought up a lot over the last two nights of media, uh, just that that's the area that Coach says he's seen the most improvement from Shake and, and a team that says its identity is all about defense. That's obviously an important thing, and, and he's been able to hold his own. I'm not sure what vibes you got when Brett Brown was talking about contingencies in the aftermath of Ben Simmons' injury. And I want to say this was before the Atlanta game on Monday. And I don't think he referred to it in terms quite like he did with the wing rotation when he used the whole tournament thing. But, you know, he listed options. He was like, you know, there's Shake, there's Josh Richardson, there's Alec Burks and all that. Um, And it's certainly nice to have had someone step up and raise the proverbial hand almost immediately this first week without Simmons. Like, for as much as has kind of been in flux because of these injuries as of late, it's nice to have some sense of clarity, at least at one spot. And we talk about it all the time. We just talked about it with Kyle. Could not happen to just a nicer, more pleasant dude. Um, And you love to see people that are great off the court get rewarded on the court. Do you have any good shake anecdotes during the last two years? Um... Oh, putting me on the spot a little bit. I am. Nothing other than that he's just always lovely, always says hello, always says thank you, just super engaging. The man loves Honeygrow. Oh, okay. uh, we were able to capture some, some Honeygrow content with Shake on our way to Cleveland, and seems like there is a burgeoning partnership between Shake 
and Honeygrow. So we know he's performing well, and maybe that's due to him fueling well. Honeygrow does not sponsor me to say this, but it is a great, it is a great restaurant. Uh, lots of balanced, healthy options, and it's clearly fueling Shake quite well. Do we know what he rolls with? Is he a noodle man? Is it more salad? Does you he know, go with I have the not shake? checked. <laughs> I have not checked, but he should have a shake. I think that yeah. should be like the shake bowl. Sure, right? there is a Shake Shack at the center, and perhaps. It could be, I, I said this uh, after the game last night, and this is a tangent, but I think it's worth it. Uh, in arena, there are these sixer versus sixer opportunities where two sixers are challenged to name a certain amount of items. Last night, it was vegetables. On Thursday night, it was vegetables. Shake Milton versus Matisse Theibel. Matisse Theibel struggled a little bit when it came to naming vegetables, but Shake Milton was really rattling them off. And to be honest, now that I know about his affinity for Honeygrow, I think he's just naming all the toppings he gets at Honeygrow, and naturally he won the Sixer versus Sixer battle using vegetables that included edamame, cilantro. I'm not even sure if cilantro is technically a vegetable, but he got credit for it, and I believe they have it at Honeygrow. Excellent. Was that the story you were looking for? It's a great anecdote. <laughs> no, look at that. We just we just rattled off two minutes of the podcast talking about Shake Milton and Honeygrow. Two good things. The state of California is where the 76ers are headed they have four games, Clippers Sunday, Lakers Tuesday, Kings, don't sleep on the Kings, uh, Thursday, and then the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco on Saturday. First two g- games probably going to be tough. Difficult, you'd expect a but challenge. you'll expect a challenge, but you'll expect opportunities to learn and to grow as well, no matter what happens. I think it's always good to play against high-level competition. I think they'll go in there determined, maybe with a chip on your shoulder, as as people tend to get when you're facing adversity or shorthanded. And hopefully there will be some positive lessons learned in that first weekend. And you're going on that first weekend. So yes. what are you most looking forward to about spending time in L.A.? Sunshine. Yes. Understandable. Business trip, though, it doesn't matter where it is. It could be Milwaukee. It could be Cleveland. Beverly Hills. You know, we're we're there to take, we're there to do the content. And it's always great. I had a great time in Cleveland, I will say. It was a great city. There's some underrated spots. The game obviously didn't go as planned, but yeah. I, I wasn't necessarily psyched to get to the city, and, and I loved it. I'm a big small city gal. I like okay. a small city. I like a Cleveland. I like a Charlotte. I like a Orlando. I don't know what it is. Well, based on how the schedule usually goes, you can tackle cities like that in about 36 hours, which is usually all we have in a city. Sure. Los Angeles, the exception, because you're playing those two teams in consecutive games. Um, I'll say this. You know, these, uh, regardless of what comes from, especially the games against the Clippers and the Lakers, these are more opportunities to do up-close, in-person fact-finding. Like, regardless of who the 76ers put out there or what they do, Still a chance for Brett Brown and the staff, whoever else from basketball operations out there, to see these teams up close in person, do some fact-finding, get a little bit more hands-on intel. Who knows when you can see these teams again at some point. So there's that. I mean, that was kind of the same vibe that Brett had about um, the game against Milwaukee a week and a half ago. Sure. That's what I was going to say. You never know when you're going to see these see these teams again, whether it's this season, postseason, next season, what have you. And it's never a bad thing to play against a guy like LeBron James or a finals MVP and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, it's it's always there's always going to be things that can be learned, uh, whether or not you're fully staffed. 
And while the Lakers are rolling, they've won seven in a row going into the weekend. Clips have had their ups and downs, too. They have. I think, honestly, I I feel a little bit of empathy for the Clippers, teams that have a really high ceiling but have had to deal with some adversity along the way this season. Uh, So I think it's an interesting team to compare to the Sixers. And if it's anything like the first time we played them, uh, it'll, it'll be entertaining, that's for sure. All right. Then the team wraps things up against the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Neither of whom should be slept on. No. No, Kings have had a couple good wins as of late. Golden State certainly uh, in a different different phase, even differenter phase, if I can use the word differenter, uh, than when the 76ers last saw them at the end of January. Obviously, the Sixers have two players who were on Golden State's roster at the time in Glenn Robinson III and Alec Burks, while the Warriors picked up young Andrew Wiggins. So, hey, and Steph Curry might be Indeed. back. Indeed. I mean – that I don't know if that's I don't know what the official update is on Steph. I was just looking into that actually on the old internet machine. But you can't sleep on the Warriors. You just can't. It would be silly to do so. They're, they've been one of the best, and some of their young guys are really exciting. So uh, regardless of who they run out there, that's definitely one that shouldn't be missed either. If you are a podcast listener on the East Coast, do get your rest this week. Maybe sleep in a little bit more. Take a midday nap early evening nap, stay up late with your 76ers. It starts off easy from a viewership standpoint. you got a 3.30 Eastern game on Sunday against the Clippers, but after that, two late games. Actually, this is from a fan standpoint. If you're based in the East in Philadelphia, it could be worse. You've got bookended with reasonable start times because the Warriors game is an 8.30 game. Absolutely, and that first that first West Coast swing that they did earlier in the season, those were all late. So if you made it through that, you'll make it through this. Uh, and hopefully we'll we'll get some excitement. Seems like we have a couple guys that are really ready to go, and if it's anything like Thursday night, it feels like there will be more Sixers that are ready to perform at a high level whenever called upon. All righty. Lauren, thank you very much. Thank you. If you are not yet a follower of Lauren's on Twitter, you should be, at Lauren M. Rosen, doing an awesome job this season covering the team. Thanks to her for joining the podcast, and thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back at it next week, recapping whatever happens for the 76ers on this upcoming West Coast road trip. See you.